0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Worry It's Confidential. Ah, happy November. It's my birthday month. Woo, 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 woo. Let's go 26. Wow. We'll talk about that more as it gets closer, but yeah, I can't believe it either, guys. I hope that everybody is doing wonderfully. I hope that you had a good week off. I guess I didn't really talk about why I decided to do that. I mentioned it on my story at Don't Worry, It's Confidential. Go follow. But I basically decided to slow down a little bit for the winter, fall vibes. And just in general, I think I was definitely falling to that kind of lie or myth that we tell ourselves that we have to push and keep going and power through and yes there's a time and place for hard work and I definitely work hard but at the same time I was noticing that I was pushing for I don't know what reason to have this specific schedule and go really really hard all the time and I decided to actually listen to the advice that I give on this podcast and the conversations that I have with my clients and slow down when you're feeling like you should. Because I wasn't feeling at the burnout point at all. But I was like, if I keep going in this way, I will get there. And if my intention and energy isn't good while I'm doing this, then what's the frickin' point? So I decided to slow down my schedule. And I think I'm going to kind of keep it in this way. Like do three episodes and then break or four episodes and a break. Kind of something like that. So that I can just insert more breaks into my life and not feel like I'm constantly like go, go, go. So... Yeah. Take a page out of my book and and use my choice as an example. I hope that you listened to the episodes that you missed this week. I hope you caught up. And I had some really wonderful conversations with people actually at Halloween parties I was at about the single episode and how much it meant to them it means so much to me when you guys reach out it feels really really nice and sometimes it's hard when you're doing this especially in the solo episodes because it's not even like a shared conversation with somebody it's just like me (laughs) so it feels really really nice when everybody kind of recognizes the work or or shares with me what their experience is with it because yeah it's just nice to connect with you. It's nice to talk about it and feel like I'm having some sort of impact with this. Yeah, what else can I tell you? I had a really nice Halloween weekend. I love Halloween. I think this year was like quite a Halloweeny Halloween for me. <laughs> as a kid i absolutely loved it like i was fully invested and then university was still pretty big in high school and stuff but then i feel like after the first couple of years we're a little bit slower and now we just we really really scented. it me and my roommates watched a lot of halloween themed movies throughout the month a little too scary <laughs> ready for the more joyful movies now, but it was really, really fun. And so I went to some Halloween parties. And then on Sunday, I went to see FKJ. It was an amazing concert. Like honestly, one of the best concerts I've ever been to. It was so, so, so much fun. Definitely check them out. And yeah, today's episode is super exciting. We were trying to organize for a while, so I'm so happy that we were able to do this and have a really good chat. I will mention the audio sometimes did get messed up throughout the interview. It's just Zoom and sometimes with the offloading, it can sound a little bit scratchy or weird. I tried my best to edit it, but seeing as I am not a professional editor, I (laughs) couldn't fix it completely. But other than that it was wonderful it was a really great episode i feel like you will all learn so much from it i don't know i think the way that she shares the way that annika shares is very honest very vulnerable it doesn't take things too seriously which sometimes is just really nice and just like good to hear that someone who's experienced it you know who's really gone through tough moments and a lot of difficulty can just kind of laugh and be really transparent with everything I speak all about her journey with youtube her experiences. With online hate and bullying, as well as her like tips and lessons that she's learned through her mental health experience, through therapy, uh, through working on herself, and also we go into like career and what it was like switching kind of industries and and how that experience was for her, as well as starting her own jewelry business and the reason why she did that. Yeah, I think we kind of go a little bit all over the place. But I I love those types of interviews because we're really getting the range of everything. And I think she shares a lot of things that if you're struggling or just you're a human who's living life and going through normal, regular things, I think a lot of these things will help you. It definitely helped me. It definitely brought in stuff, brought stuff into perspective, especially when certain things that she mentioned that I've struggled with as well. It was really, really, really nice. So as always, Please reach out if this connects with you. Share this episode on Instagram if if it stood out to you. Follow me on Instagram at Don't Worry, It's Confidential. Check out my website, mckaynaronson.com. Check out Annika's page. And like she says at the end, reach out of your call to it and email me or DM me and rate, review the podcast. I feel like I haven't said that in a while, but rate and review the podcast if you are enjoying it. It really means a lot to me. I read every single comment and it helps the podcast grow. Okay, love you all this guest is extremely silly hyper vulnerable and both sweet and spicy we've known each other for 10 years which feels crazy to say because those memories of us playing sports and giggling in the change room doesn't feel that far back i followed you on instagram so i got to keep up with you and we run into each other every once in a while but i'm so excited to catch up welcome to the podcast annika
1: oh you're so cute that was so nice <laughs> look i'm to start crying hello
0: <laughs> i
1: love it thanks for having me on
0: Of course. I'm so happy to have you on. Okay, so at the beginning of each episode, I ask three get-to-know-you questions that aren't related to the topic of the day. Okay, so the first one is, what is a strange habit that you have?
1: Oh, God. Where do I even begin? Strange habit. Oh, my God. I feel like I have so many. I have, like, slight diagnosed OCD. Maybe one of those, like, counting. So whenever I'm going upstairs, I count every step I'm on. Um, like I count how many stairs are in the steps or like on the staircase. Everything I like to do in threes or thirteen. You know, if someone asks for, I don't know, a piece of candy that I have, if they take one, that's okay. Two, no, three is fine. Like I really like odd numbers. I hate even numbers. So I don't know if that counts as a habit, but my counting, it kind of is a habit.
0: Yeah, it totally counts. It's something that you do every day.
1: Mental illness, habit. <laughs>
0: Well, it seems like we can't disconnect it from the topic, huh? Okay, second one. If you were going to pick someone to play you in a movie, who would you pick?
1: Ooh, that's a really good one. I would say, well, out of pure sheer narcissistic, like want who I think I would want is Marco <laughs> Robbie, but that's so hilarious because she's the most beautiful person on planet Earth. So that would be like such a narcissistic, but you know what? She She's so talented. I feel like she could play any character.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: So it's kind of like I'll boost up my self-confidence by saying Margot Robbie and then she'll play me and she'll just look gorgeous doing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's perfect. I think it's such a good choice. You're right, she's so beautiful and she's an amazing actress, so she could definitely do any role.
1: Exactly, she could pull off anything, so I would trust her with it.
0: Okay, amazing, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, the last one's weird. I always like to sneak in a weird one. What is your ideal ice cube shape?
1: Ice cube shape.
0: Yeah, so there's ice cubes in your drink. What shape would you like them to be?
1: Honestly, maybe just like a perfect sphere. I think that'd be really satisfying, like a bunch of little sphere, because I feel like if I did like a star or something, the second they start melting, it would kind of bother me how they're just lumps now.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I love that. I love how much you thought about that question. Like the focus in your eyes while I asked you that was <laughs> amazing.
1: To come out with like the most generic answer.
0: No, you were great. Practical, smart. I love it. Okay, are you ready to get into the topic?
1: Let's do it.
0: Okay, so today we're gonna talk about your experience with mental health. You've been someone who's been very vulnerable, very open, honest online, as you've shared about your mental health through YouTube, podcasts, Instagram. And I mean, I think it's really amazing that you do that. I think it's so, so important because although shame and stigma is decreasing, it's still really, really prevalent. And the more that we talk about it, the more that we normalize it, the better. And I think it's also really valuable to learn from each other, experiences and it's definitely one of the main objectives of this podcast is opening up the conversation speaking about and sharing about the things that that aren't normally shared and yeah being honest about everything so today I just wanted to hear your story ask you some questions about it and go through some of those experiences that you've gone through and the lessons that you've learned from it so we're just going to chat it out love it Okay, so why don't we go back a little bit and hear your story and chat about how you started your platform, because that's the main place that you share all of these things and talk about all these things. So I'm interested to hear about what made you start it.
1: I was- I'm sure with a lot of people, the first kind of main social media they had that wasn't totally personal other than Facebook is probably Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started getting a decent amount of followers on there just from modeling and being tagged in photos, whatever. And this was kind of before being an influencer was a thing. I think it was kind of the people with a ton of followers and then just everyday accounts. So it was kind of weird to have a lot of followers. I didn't really know what to expect, what was going on. It wasn't very normalized. But yeah, I always wanted to be an actor growing up. So I was always pretty comfortable in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. I did decide to not go into acting, but I thought, you know, I really enjoy, for lack of better term, public speaking and talking to people. I'm also just naturally, brutally honest, which is sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, But I don't know why. I think someone or multiple people were just like, you should start a YouTube channel because YouTube was also kind of up and coming. There were, you you know, classics that you grew up with that everyone knew. But it wasn't like to say you had a YouTube channel. People have been like, huh? what so it's kind of I'm not saying I was the first one but it wasn't normalized and i yeah, I, st- I struggled with mental health since grade nine. So I was like, you know, there's not a lot of people talking about mental illness. And I kind of wanted my brand to be on YouTube is literally just me and, you know, show the not glamorous sides of life at all. And I think that's why it was somewhat successful. It's not like I was famous or anything, but I had, you know, people who followed along regularly and connected with me and people who said that I made them feel less alone. I was like, what the hell? This is crazy. This is so cool. Mm-hmm. Girls from around the world or different ages. We all have such similar experiences. Experiences. So, yeah, I would do all types of videos, vlogging and stuff about food and fitness. Some I don't have any fashion sense, but I would do hauls for for shits and gigs. And then, yeah, one of my main focuses was talking about mental health. And, you know, today is a really anxious day. Let me record it, keep it realistic. Cause, yeah, back then, at least I'm so happy Mm. it's a lot more, less, sorry, less stigmatized now. But back then, I don't think it was the norm to kind of just openly talk about, oh, yeah, I have depression. I have borderline personality disorder. I've struggled with self-harm. So I think a lot of people connected with that. I'm not just a freak. Like, this isn't just me. You know, a girl who, you know, models and seemingly has her life together doesn't at all. It kind of made them feel a little less alone because I was like, oh, my shit together isn't at all. At all together you know
0: yeah yeah i love that so much i mean i think it's so brave like honestly because i remember back then like nobody was really talking about that now it's a little bit more normalized like you said but when did you start your youtube channel again
1: oh god i can literally look it up i haven't posted in a while like i kind of stopped for Mm -hmm. mental health reasons social media can be a blessing and a massive curse yeah but I don't, let's see, sort by, oh, five years ago. Let's say the exact day, but it says five years, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely crazy to think about back then. As we said, now it's way more normalized and, and like mainstream and applauded to be vulnerable and honest and transparent about like what's really going on. Like the the kind of ultra polished social media look isn't as as popular as it was back then, but tell me about that like tell me at the beginning what was it like deciding to to be very real and transparent online and talk about these vulnerable things
1: i think because i didn't see so much of what other people went through and you know cancel culture i didn't have the experiences of a lot of people around me dealing with hate or whatever so i was like oh the internet's just a happy place i can put whatever so i did not really think twice about it i would kind of post whatever um I was really open and honest. And as I said, I think that's why people connected with it. was yes. a good thing. But I also was so innocent and like untainted and pure. And
0: mm. not
1: that I was innocent, trust me at all in real life. But when it comes <laughs> to social media, I feel scared yet. I feel like, oh, I have to say the right things or people are going to be mad. So I think I was just able to be brutally honest. So for me, it didn't feel like everyone's like, oh, that was really brave. And I'm like, maybe it was, but that was kind of just my personality. Like, I didn't see it as being brave. I just saw it as just honestly being myself, which a lot of people aren't on social media. So I think that's why people think it's brave. If I were to do it, I'd be like, oh, I'm brave because I'm braving the internet hate. Back then, hate wasn't as much of a thing. And I didn't really realize that there would be hate until it came.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're speaking to something that a lot of us can probably remember and relate to, which is like the time in social media where we really didn't think about like what we were going to post. Like we just posted whatever we wanted.
1: Say Anything now I like say anything. I'm like, oh my god, is that person a screenshot is going to send there, there it's yeah. just so not a natural way to live and yeah exactly like we look at the stuff we posted on facebook we're like oh my god that's humiliating yeah. but you know it was no one cared
0: yeah totally you mentioned like that when you started you were really naive and kind of innocent to what it would be like to to be online and you had no idea like the type of hate and stuff that would come later i guess like tell me a little bit about how that changed throughout your life on youtube
1: I just think, you know, I was involved with people who were public figures or whatever and known and Toronto is a very small place and I was easily intimidated by people and felt like the world was quite small and I constantly felt alone. And then, you know, you'd post a video of something totally random and then you'd, it bl- would blow up and you'd get comments from people who didn't. I would never get hate comments from people who followed me random. So obviously now I'm like, oh God, it's probably fucking Bob in his basement who's a freaking weirdo. Mm. But back then, I took every single comment to heart. Yeah. So like a video of mine went viral. It was called Why Being a Model Sucks. And like the Daily Mail posted an article about it. And I was just getting so many comments about how privileged I was, how annoying I am commenting on this, that my appearance, my... You're too skinny, you're too fat, everything and anything. And yeah, I took everything to heart. Now I know I get a hate comment and I laugh at it, but yeah, I think people I was involved with, just social media changing over time just led me to kind of fear what people think. And I think going off social media, I mean, not off fully, but keeping my life a lot more private, taught me that, you know, the only people that matter are the people that know you really well and are in your real life, aren't important, keep your world's small. So now when I do get a hate comment every once in a while or a hate DM or whatever, so I, someone being mean, even someone I kind of do, do know, I'm like, I don't take it to heart as much because I know I actually have good people in my corner. Yeah. Whereas before I kind of felt alone. My friends were at university. I was going through a weird time in my life. My mental health was trash. So like every thought I believed, every negative thought I was like, no, nope, that's the truth. Now I'm like, okay, it's a negative thought. They come and go.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. I mean, I think a lot of it is just time and understanding and practice being in that sphere. But also like most of us can't really even understand what it's like to receive an influx of like really terrible comments and how difficult that must be because i think as much as logically we understand like this person's probably really struggling or they're bob in the basement or something like that our mind still gets influenced by like these terrible things that people are saying and it's hard to to separate that and it still feels very real in that moment it's just like the whole cyberbullying thing like as much as there's like a computer that blocks it or is in the middle, it still is just as painful as hearing things in person. And it also lets your mind just wander a lot more, which is really hard.
1: It was always shocking. But um, yeah, I matured and spent some time away and that helped for sure.
0: Yeah, I guess like how did you continue to share after like this was your reality? Like people were sending you hate stuff and and like you said, it was like really impacting you and things had kind of shifted online. Like how did you continue to like convince yourself to set up the camera, film videos and share?
1: Um, at first, I started kind of posting about how that made me feel. Mm-hmm. And then it was this bizarre change from... You know wow you're one of the only few people who talks about mental health and that's so brave to then oh you're just another person talking about mental health you're such a attention seeker Mm -hmm. so i talk about you know the way hate comments do make me feel or how people in my life do make me feel and some of that was good and a lot i mean most of it was always you know you get 99 good comments you focus on the bad ones so Mm -hmm. i had the most incredible people supporting me and still to this day who you know message me or are silent supporters and they're amazing um but yeah, you get the people just who pick apart every single word you said and who assume all these things or assume what you're talking about. When realistically, the people online, like don't know anything about you, nothing. Yeah. But they think yeah. they know you. Yeah. And that's the dangerous part. The same way we think we know Kim Kardashian. We have no fucking clue. No clue. We have no clue who anyone is. Even people we've met a couple of times. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe you talked to them. We don't know anyone unless you like genuinely know someone you don't know them. So that always makes me feel better. Um, but it was still hard because I kept trying to convince people to know who I am. No, trust me, like this is who I am, and or you know, back up and be like, I, I have borderline personality disorder. So I think I'm I don't have a good sense of self. I think I'm a really terrible person sometimes. I think I'm a really good person sometimes. So that was really confusing. I'd make videos being like, I don't know if I'm a good person, or you know, I think I'm a good person, everyone thinks I'm a bad person. It was very confusing. And I was like, Okay, my mind is scrambled. I'm getting all these opinions from people who don't matter, just step away from it. And now since stepping away for a while, I genuinely, I know it sounds crazy, but I became irrelevant and I liked that. And people would be like, oh yeah, I'm sure you like that. I love it. I love how people don't care about what I do anymore, about who I'm friends with, who I'm not friends with, who I'm dating, who I'm not like, no, one. like, I don't want people to care about me anymore past that. I want people to, yeah. Okay. Take the odd You know, they like my shirt. Where's the shirt from? Or, you know, talk about mental health once in a while or fitness or real estate is obviously my number one thing now. That's fine. But people caring about my life can't do that anymore. I just can't. I grew out of it. For Mm -hmm. people who still do that, totally cool. That's your road to go down. And I'm sure some people handle it amazing and are meant to be in the spotlight. My brain is not (laughs) and i say spotlight very you know not in a everything's about me i mean compared to you know someone actually famous as someone who's had just a sprinkle of people caring about me i can't imagine what it's like to have people following you around with cameras actually caring about your life that much that sounds like my living hell
0: yeah
1: I would move to a deserted island
0: if I could do that really <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes me really happy to hear you more at peace and just feeling better and happier with that. Yeah. And I also think this is a realization that like a lot of people have and really- really helps everybody if we think about it more is just like going from a place of really caring about what everybody thinks. And I think we all do to some extent care about what others think of us, but just going from a place of caring about what every voice has to say to more focusing on yourself and your inner circle. And switching the focus to people you actually trust and whose opinions we actually value. So, I mean, I think sometimes we're too focused on outside opinions and other people's opinions. And then we stop and realize that that person's opinion doesn't actually matter because we don't want to be anything like that person. So why are we so focused on getting their approval? I mean, I think it's super interesting to think about that because it's something that m- most of us really struggle with, but it's something that's so, so important. How did you go from being somebody whose sense of self was so affected by other other people's opinions. I guess tell us about how you went about switching that for yourself.
1: I honest, I did a lot of therapy growing up, but I think social media and my therapist would say the same thing. Like I would have never felt at peace being on social media the way I was. I just cut in. As I said, some people can handle it. And I think for a lot of people, it's more damaging than they even realize. Even if you don't have a public YouTube profile platform even the curated stuff on instagram can be harmful so i think yeah it took a lot of therapy medication helped a lot because a lot of my inner thoughts were based on anxiety and anxiety thoughts running over and over so having medication helped kind of you know calm those thoughts down and helped with the mood swings too and then also yeah just you know a lot of mindset i i'm still scared every day that i'm gonna fall back into a hole of like dark anxiety and depression i think i'm just in a good place right now i'm lucky to be in a good place my perspective has just changed on life you know mm. I take it so seriously and people who actually care about you one of my favorite quotes is those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind mm. is that right people are going to be forgiving genuine good people are going to forgive you and see your side and see how complex people are I, i'm a different person every day sometimes you know. i want to be a boss ass bitch and sometimes i want to be a sensitive cry baby i've I'm so different every day. I have no idea who I am, and I think that's okay. I think we're kind of always growing and changing. As long as you have, the, you know, those core values and beliefs, and the people that help you set on the right track, that self-love is so important. Because I, I mean, I, I you know, people say just love yourself. I mean, how the hell are we supposed to do that? I think yeah. it's stupid advice as, as a whole. But you know. Backing yourself first is so important. And another thing my therapist always said is the people who care the least always win. Not saying caring the least about, you know, life and p- making people happy. I care deeply about my friends and family and job. People who stress about the little things, which was me, very much me, still me sometimes. The less I care about stupid shit, the happier I am. Yeah. You know, you have an altercation with someone. The person who doesn't care wins. They don't give a shit. They walk away. The other person is still ruminating and angry and, you know,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I think something that I'm noticing is that it wasn't only mindset changes that you made, like through therapy, through medication, and just all all the reflection that you've done, but it was also behavioral changes. I think sometimes we want to change, we want things to be different, we want our mental health to improve, but we don't make any behavioral changes, and sometimes... That needs to happen in order for changes and and shifts to be made. And you noticed that social media wasn't making you happy, wasn't letting you live in the way that you wanted to. And so you made that change and you stopped using it in the same way that you were using it before. And you started to notice some changes.
1: It was hard. It was hard to give up on. And I still have people messaging me every day saying, I really miss your YouTube. And that's the sweetest thing in the world. And I feel like I'm letting people down, but they understand. And the good, genuine people out there understand that mental health should always come first.
0: Yeah.
1: And that I'm still the same person. I just, it's not like I just don't care about any one who followed me. I just needed to grow and move on and be at peace because that life was not for me <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. I see myself being on social media, I mean, using it for real estate, a platform and here and there, but letting people into my life in detail the way I used to, is just not something I could see myself doing again anytime soon, at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so fair. Yeah. And I, I love the way that you say it in like a way right now, that's like what your plan is, but you never know. Cause like you said, you change all the time. Like we always change and there's I also flexibility with that
1: change. You know, I could say something really mean about someone yesterday and then feel really bad about that today. And yesterday I was I felt like saying that today. I didn't feel like saying that or vice versa. So I think people are really hard on themselves. yeah, to always be the same morale or say, when we're we're ever changing beings.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's oppositions in us, and it's really important to mention that and normalize it and talk about it.
1: dialectics.
0: Yes, she knows.
1: See, so many things can be true at once.
0: Yes, and two opposing things can be true at the same time. I mean, I I have so many clients who tell me that learning that statement really helps them because our brains really struggle with that. Crazy. But yeah, that's really wonderful to hear how that's changed. So when you started your YouTube channel, you were sharing all about your mental health and and your experiences with it. And then you mentioned earlier that even in grade nine, you were really going through it. I guess I'm wondering how your mental health has changed throughout the years, because I think that sometimes... When we get diagnosed with something early on, it can feel sort of permanent. I wanted to address that and see what your experience was and how you've noticed it's gone up and down and changed throughout the years.
1: So yeah, I got diagnosed with anxiety and depression in grade nine. I, and I didn't really know what that was because once mm. again, it wasn't super talked about. And I remember, you know, laying in bed and before I even got my diagnosis, I was just spending so much time in bed with the blinds shut and spending a lot of time by myself a lot of time being sad and my mom said to me you know have you ever considered that you may be depressed Mm. and I just burst out crying I was like oh my god am I depressed and I just I remember going am I gonna kill myself does that mean I'm gonna kill myself because I had Mm. heard the only times I'd heard about depression were the really intense cases that you know her mom my mom's friend's kids or something you know who ended up in the psych ward or whatever so I just assumed if you're depressed, you you have no choice. Like you will kill yourself. So I was like, holy shit. So I took, you know, of course, when I started going to therapy and we, I went to a psychiatrist. I remember she was just My psychiatrist was terrible. But, anyways, they're the ones who gave me medication. And I've gone through a lot of ups and downs since then when it comes to my mental health. I mean, it's ever changing right now. My friends are always like spooked out by how good my mental health is right now. I, of course, have my days. Trust me, I have my days where I just ball all day or I can't sleep. I, yes, but I am probably the most stable and probably the happiest I've been and my life is as boring as it's ever been which is like a really interesting correlation so borderline personality disorder is a tough one because I can't describe it in one sentence when I first got diagnosed with that I thought it was one of those things where it was the um split personality disorder so I thought and I looked at my therapist I, I don't I don't think I'm like Patricia and George and Annika like I don't what and like, no, no 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 different not that there's anything wrong with that I was just like that's not me and you know there's a ton of symptoms a lot of them is your sense of self is very skewed you don't really know know who you are your self-worth is based on relationships you're very impulsive you know self-harm behaviors anxious thoughts uh and I'm very BPD to a T so relationships have been a really tough one for me in my life I'm extremely trusting and I've gotten a very screwed over multiple times by girls and guys just by being so trusting everyone, telling everyone, mm. being honest, being in toxic relationships, my friendships. Right now, as I said, I'm so stable because I have a fantastic boyfriend. I have fantastic friends. I'm super close with my family. But that's kind of what scares me is if I'm okay mentally it is based a lot on my relationships. Mm. So that's in therapy. What I try to really work on is being okay with myself. So even if you know my boyfriend and I break up or my friend and I have a falling out or I I'm in a fight with my mom, I'm still not spiraling because I, and I I am getting better because I've, I have had some falling outs of friends in the last little while. And I was just, you know, my perspective just changed. I was like that person, I, I wish them all the best. They're not right for me. And they want to, you know, go talk shit about that's fine. You know, I, what other people think of me is none of my business. And I love that quote because it really brings me a lot of peace. I, you know, I've misjudged so many people and I'm sure a ton of people misjudge me and you're not, you're never going to get everyone to like you. I also love, you know, if everyone likes you, you're doing something wrong, really boring if everyone likes you. So yeah, I am working on preparing myself. If something happens to a relationship in my life to a person, you know, something goes downhill, I'm not going to spiral. Cause I used to spiral. My entire world would come crashing down. If one friend and I had Fight if my boyfriend and I had a fight. If my parents and I had a fight, my sister, whatever that used to murder me. And it's still very important to me to have a good relationship with people in my life. But I just I don't self destruct the way I used to. And that's also helpful for my relationships because it was very stressful for people to have me self destruct if something would happen between us. Feel guilt as well. So I my borderline personality disorder. I don't think is you know my therapist would always say it's not it's not a death sentence. It's not some it's not your identity your personality. Is your personality and so many of the things that make it hard to live with BPD also make it who you are and make you so lovable? You mm. know, I mean, lovable to some people, of course, that's subjective. Some people listening might be like, "I hate this bitch," but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like who I am. So I think now people are talking more about BPD, and I've had people reach out to me and be like, "I have it too. That's so cool. That mm. I'm not alone." Blah blah blah. Any sort of you know, bipolar, anxiety, OCD, ADHD, it doesn't really define you at all. It's just something you have to live with and like find the right tools to make the most. Yeah. Some things in life may be harder for you than other people, but life isn't fair. And that's kind of how, how she goes. That's my brain chemistry. I can't control it. So I may as well, you know, use those to my advantage and, you know, make people feel very loved through that intense relationship connection. I have put that in the, in the good way. And then, you know, work on the things that make it a little more toxic at
0: times. No, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I think everything that you just said was so, so important. That stuff is actually what I work with my clients on a lot is not seeing whatever quality or whatever reason they're there for as like an 100% negative thing. I often ask that question. If you were to press a button and have your anxiety, your stress, your fears, any of that go away or your sadness, would you press the button and the answer is no because every negative emotion does have a positive reason to be there and every quality that might be difficult for you also has a really beautiful side like you said being such a loving and attentive and affectionate friend or partner it's such a wonderful part of you and so I think looking at it through a strengths-based approach is so vital to to getting through mental health and to celebrating and loving yourself more
1: yeah and I think a lot of having when you have your own issues you become more empathetic of other people
0: 100 percent.
1: go through life I, I would say i'm a judgmental person i'm not gonna lie and say i'm not and i think a lot of people are i think that's human nature i don't think it's a good thing necessarily if i'm just being honest but the more i go through life the more understanding i get of people or why they would do that or why they act this way or the projections and yeah you know if a lot of these mental you know, struggles that we go through make us a lot more empathetic of other people. People with perfect mental health per se, not that I think that really exists, but you yeah. may not be able to empathize and someone may feel a little more lonely talking to that person than someone who has been through all of this.
0: Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. I think that everyone listening can probably relate to you in so many different ways.
1: We're all <laughs> so similar. We're so alone. And then you talk to people. you're like, I've never had a unique experience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Goes down a dark path now. Um, okay. Well, I think something like interesting, you kind of alluded to it at the beginning as well, like this concept of self-love and how like complex it is. We hear it all the time. It's like, just love yourself. And it seems so like unattainable. It seems so confusing, but that is also something that you're working on in therapy to sort of like develop this self-concept and be able to sort of rely on yourself for that stability. And as a relationship in itself, I guess, like talk to us a little bit about that. So
1: I think it's naive for people to be like, all you ever need is yourself, if you don't only need yourself in life, you're going to fail. You need to No, I think you're human, which means Mm -hmm. it's okay to have needs of love and care and friendship and other human interaction I think that's very human and normal so when I say self-love I don't mean just you know I'm living by myself in a box and I'm fine no but I think as I kind of mentioned earlier it's kind of that if something happens with those relationships you don't end your life your life doesn't feel over and just having enough things going on for you you know self-care is yeah of course you know doing your skincare routine blah blah blah, going on a walk but it's also the hard things like doing things you don't want to do like having a really consistent schedule and getting up when you don't really necessarily want to working when you don't want to. I mean, hopefully we find jobs in life that we love, but and I love my job. I love being a real estate agent, but I don't always want to do paperwork. But part of self-love is like being independent, taking your care, care of yourself, whatever that means to you, whether that means your health or financially, you know, setting up these things. So your pie isn't just a human being like a boyfriend or a girlfriend or friendship. Your pie has a ton of slices and some of those slices, should should be friends and stuff. That's normal. So I have slices of my pie that are other people, but then a lot of my pie is my dogs and my fitness and, you know, the books I love to read and my job and my investing in my future dreams and goals. I have a bunch of different pieces of my pie. So yeah, if, you know, my boyfriend and I broke up, yeah, one of my pieces of pie would be missing and that would be really fucking sad, but I still have other pieces of pie. So I don't like die. It's okay Mm -hmm. to be hurt. It's okay. You know, people who have a falling out with a friend just go F that I love myself. I don't care. Of course, it's going to hurt for a while. But I think the idea is that you can recover. And you know, you're not building from zero up when things happen, you're going you're, you're, you know, you have to fill up your cup before you fill up other people's cup, you know, the classic cliche Mm -hmm. line. So yeah, I think self love is just kind of building a a life for you. And for some people, I know it's harder than others. Maybe the start to self love is something really small, like getting out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. That's still an act of self-love and I don't think I I don't think uh, there's that many people out there that are like I love myself 100% of the time I love myself sometimes and then other days I'm like wow I'm kind of a shitty person I was I was mean yesterday or I was annoying today or you know I didn't get enough accomplished today but that's okay it's kind of that self-love is that idea of like bouncing back from that not being so hard on yourself every time something goes wrong or you make a mistake it's kind of forgiving yourself too
0: 100% I think that's such a great explanation because it can be such a out there concept that feels so a. Attainable, especially when you're really struggling, but like breaking it down into all those little bits and just focusing on the things that you already do. Is right. so huge. Maybe and sucks. highlighting how like that's so important to your identity as well. And then also just adding to that pie, like keep getting those hobbies, keep like kind of going after the things that interest you and prioritizing them, like making those boundaries with people so that you have time for yourself. And I really like that forgiveness piece because, like we said earlier, you can't be a hundred percent consistent. And there's also a reason for those emotions, right? Like if you have that moment of like, oh my God, I was really shitty yesterday. Like there's a reason it's there. It's because you need yeah, to learning from them and you need to learn. And mm-hmm. then the next time you can kind of act in a way that feels more uh, aligned to you, which I right. think is so important. Totally, love it. That's amazing. I guess like, I feel like the hate online, maybe a little bit unrelatable to some people who don't have an online platform, but yeah, I think I, that... I
1: hope so. God, I, <laughs> I do not want people to relate to
0: that. <laughs> yeah. But I think that like unfortunately bullying is like a huge thing that most people mm-hmm. or a lot of people have experienced throughout their lives. And I guess I just wanted to touch a little bit on, on it and sort of talk about how it affected you and how it affects you still, if it does and how you sort of started to, to feel better from it.
1: Yeah. I wasn't treated that well in high school and this isn't me. I'm not, you know, pity partying victim, whatever. I was not perfect in high school. It's not like a sad little kid getting no, like I, I'm sure I wasn't perfect at all, but I wasn't treated that well. And I think a lot of it is just like forgiveness. And I'm not saying forget, it's maybe someone did something terrible to someone. No, you don't, it's your boundary. But I think life gets a lot less like resentful and your heart feels a lot heavy when you just kind of let things slide after a while after you healed from them. I don't really hold resentment towards that. Like, there's obviously people who I really don't fuck with and I don't like. And I think that's normal. I think we all have that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just avoidance um, from those people because there's so many people in the world focus on the people and the things that give you positivity. I know that sounds so cliche. But yeah, for a while, bullying and online bullying made me kind of scared of the world, scared Mm -hmm. to be who I was and speak my mind because everything I did was made fun of or, you know, repeated or brought up or twisted anything. And yeah, I just started realizing that, you know, you're never going to please everyone and people are always going to talk shit and the world doesn't revolve around you. So you might think everyone's talking shit about you. Yeah. Maybe in passing comments, whatever, but no one's sitting there talking about you 24 seven. And if they are, that's really embarrassing for them. (laughs) So, you know, just, I don't know. I think, I don't have exact answers on this because I don't think I've handled everything in my life perfectly at all. But I think forgiving yourself too and like yeah, finding a good group of friends is so helpful because then you, you're like, oh, people do value me. Hmm. And even if it's not a group of friends, even if it's just one friend, I don't know. I think, as I said, like I, I got excluded a lot in high school and university. And I think now it's made me a very inclusive person. Hmm. Um, so you just, you know, you learn from it. And, you know, they always say the people who haven't been through shit aren't funny. So... <laughs> The funniest people have been through stuff. And there's people who have been through 20 times worse than me. And I just never compare, you know, there's always worse. There's always better. That's your personal experience. And we're so young. I'm always like, Oh my God, I'm 24. I'm so old. Oh my God. One day we're going to look back and be like, Jesus, we were children. Why was I stressing so much? I have so much more to live. And the people who I didn't like right now, there will be no connection in however many years and, you know, just stick to your people mm-hmm. people can change and that's okay. You know, we're always changing, but right. I, yeah, I don't really have an exact answer to that one.
0: I think that's a great answer. I mean, I think acknowledging like how difficult it is, is so Mm -hmm. important because that's sometimes what we all need to hear is like what we've been through and what we experience. even though, yeah, you can always compare and say other people have it worse, but it felt really shitty. It felt really shitty to be excluded. It felt shitty to have people say mean things about you. And it's important to acknowledge that part. And then I really like the forgiveness piece because forgiveness is a gift for you, you know, like you forgave yourself, but also forgiving other people allows you to let go of so much that kind of yeah,
1: forgive of people for you, not for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And so I think, I think sometimes that's like misconstrued forgiveness can kind of feel like it's about the other person, but yeah. I mean, it seems like that's been something that really helped you sort of move on is just forgiving all the people that have hurt you and forgiving yourself for the mistakes that you've made and, and kind of learning from it to mm-hmm. be the person that you want to be now.
1: Exactly.
0: I love that. Okay. Well, I feel like fitness has been like a huge part of your life for a while now. And I guess like, I think fitness and working out is super important for mental health and everything. I want to hear a bit about your experience with it and how it's sort of changed, evolved and what role does it play in your wellness?
1: So as you know, we, cause we played basketball together and yeah. soccer, right? Yeah. yeah. So I grew up playing competitive soccer and basketball and then in high school played it. So I always played sports and then when it kind of gets to the age where it's like, okay, you're going to go pro or you're not going to do anything. I kind of got to that point and my parents said, okay, you know, do you want to quit? You have to stay active somehow. So I go with the to the gym with them sometimes, you know, just for mental health stuff. But then I started modeling, and great, well, I was seventeen, and I got really, really skinny because yeah. you had to be really skinny for modeling, which is not good. I would not recommend that for anyone. But I remember. I was in Milan. I lived there for two months for modeling. And I found T- Tammy Hembro on Instagram. And mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, she has like a ton of followers. She's this Australian mom, but she's a fitness gal. And she just has the nicest bum I've ever seen. And I knew that I could never be allowed to have that and model. Not that I could, could get that, but even try. Like modeling, they wouldn't even let you squat. Like you had to only walk. So I remember being in Milan being like, okay, I'm quitting modeling when I get home and I want to get strong. So I just thought strong. I mean, I think all body, all healthy bodies are beautiful or not, whatever, but I wanted to be strong like that. I valued that over being skinny. So yeah, I remember getting home from, um, from Milan kind of quitting modeling. And that's when I started really into fitness. And for me, it was a little easier than maybe someone brand new, just because I had the sports background. So like I yeah. knew proper reform for a lot of different exercises. And I'm, once you have muscle, it's easier to build it up than to just get muscle starting from nothing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I started kind of fitness, working a lot of legs, sometimes upper body, sometimes cardio, but yeah, I just, it made me feel empowered and happy and healthy to be strong and eating whatever I wanted and not focusing on a number on the scale or inches around my waist or any of that. Because as we know, a girl living in this time is a nightmare. We have enough to worry, like worry about. And the last thing we should be worrying about is this like wonderful body that keeps us alive. But that's like the main thing a lot of people worry about. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's their fault. It's hundred percent society's fault. But yeah, I just felt really empowering to mentally feel better and also just get stronger and see muscle. And I, you know, brought that to my YouTube a lot of girls connected with that and wanting to also feel strong and to just, you know, mentally, physically, whatever. Um, So I think also being able to help a lot of women and get them into the gym and get them, you know, into the the weight section where you normally all the guys would be. Now it's filled with women when I go. And I'm not saying that's because of me. I think it's a huge push of a ton of these incredible creators. A lot of them who I followed for my fitness journey, Encouraging women to get into the gym. So, you know, when I could get like one girl into the gym, I thought that'd be amazing. And obviously, it's a slippery slope. I don't. Eating disorders can stem from anything, even the gym. So, Mm -hmm. I'd always encourage, like, this is for mental health. This is not for looking a certain way. I would never share how many calories I eat or anything like that because everyone's so different. But yeah, I think it just felt good coming into like being a part of this new wave of women who also want to be strong like why do the men have to be the strong ones and the girls have to be a little frail ones you know and yeah. just endorphin wise you know one of the main uh you know I keep on saying you know I know I'm gonna listen to this back and <laughs> oh my god I'm about to say it again there's always one word that really bothers you everybody you has it, Everyone it has and it. I know it's gonna be that one <laughs> Anyways, um, but endorphins really help with depression. I notice it even if I don't work out for two days and these aren't crazy workouts. Sometimes most days, honestly, I'll just go for really nice long walks with my dogs or just activity. You can do Pilates. You can play in a sports league. You can stretch yoga, whatever, but movement is really important for depression And I really try to emphasize that because people go, yeah, yeah, I know. And then don't, I'm like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. actually you have to to try. It really does help. It's not, it's not going to fix everything, but it helps.
0: Totally. Totally. Lately. I've been like really loving this like quote. I don't know where I heard it or if I just like made it up, but (laughs) it's just like, uh, you made it up. It's I made it up. Yeah. (laughs) it's not what you do. It's how you do it. And I think that's like the huge huge thing in this. Like, I mean, I think fitness can go down a really dark path if you're, if you have that as your intention, but I, what I'm really hearing from your end is that it really helps you. It makes you feel strong, capable. Like it also probably like is a huge part of that pie and also mm. like makes you show up for yourself, right? Like totally. if you tell yourself you're going to work out and you do it, it, it gains that confidence and that self Oh yeah, discipline. We discipline. So I think a
1: lot of people with mental health issues struggle with discipline, which I can totally relate to, but I think mm. fitness has been one of those things where I've been disciplined with, and no matter what's going on in my life, I really feel like I have my life together in that one area and I I'm very balanced I do not go to the gym ever. I go to the gym maybe two three times a week but I'm active every day and I always make sure that I'm going two or three times a week so I have a good balance with it yeah um and as I said it can spiral into not a good balance so I mean as with anything in life yeah. there, you can always have too much of a good thing so
0: yeah no yeah. I completely agree I mean I think that's like really nice to hear that like I don't know. it's just refreshing to hear a different way of seeing it and right. sort of the motivation to be strong, the motivation to yeah. do it out of self-love. I mean, I think it's it's great. and it it does sound like it's such mm. a wonderful part of your life.
1: Yeah, it is. That's amazing. That confidence booster, you know?
0: Yeah. So you've mentioned like throughout the interview and some people who don't know you, like, just tell us a little bit about your different jobs that you've had, like the different, the journey that it's been everything. finding like your, your thing. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's like a big part of like coming of age of figuring everything out. And it can feel so stressful when you switch things up or when you are not happy where you're at. So I guess walk us through and tell us how you've kind of made it to where you are now.
1: So yeah, one thing about me is I can't do one thing for too long. It's been a problem in my life. I've done every sport you can imagine. Job wise, God, I've done everything. Like as a keg, I worked at Brandy Melville in a clothing store. I worked as a server, a host. I worked at a different clothing store that sold like ski stuff. I worked at a vet for two days <laughs> and then I saw them cut open a dog. I was like, sayonara, goodbye. <laughs> um, I have... Obviously I've been a YouTuber, I've been a model. Yeah, YouTube was probably like one of the longer ones seems like quote unquote influencing. I can't even say the word influencer, I, nope. <laughs> and then another long one was I was a personal trainer. That's what I kind of thought I wanted to do. Once I did it, I met, the best part was meeting all my clients, the girls were incredible but I just, it didn't challenge my brain enough. I couldn't see myself doing it long-term. I wanted something that would offer some more financial freedom. And I've been told my whole life that I should be a real estate agent, but I just, it intimidated me. Mm. I was like, oh, I'm dealing with people's biggest asset. You know, it's, I'm so not a field I'm in. It's so not my realm, but I decided to challenge myself. And I said, you know, I really want an actual career now. I've done a lot of different jobs that were great. I learned a lot from them. Oh, I also had my own jewelry company. Yes. I loved that too. That was one of my main jobs for a while. I don't know how I forgot about that. Um, (laughs) My brain is scrambled. But yeah, no, career wise, I looked into real estate and I just decided the next day after even thinking about it, I'm very impulsive. I just said, yeah, I'm going to, I bought the course, started doing it. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. And I haven't looked back since. And I absolutely adore it. And even, you know, people in my life have said, this is finally what I see you doing. And when I tell people I'm a real estate agent who I haven't seen in a while, who knew me as a kid, they go, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I finally found what I love to do, where I can also, you know, one day be financially free with it, hopefully, knock on wood. You get to work with people a ton and you have people trusting you and you have to force yourself to be very diligent, detail oriented, organized. I think it's really good for my brain. Uh lets me use my brain a lot, which I miss doing the past however while I use my brain, but in different ways. So I've just really loved it. I have a passion for it. I've always loved real estate in general. Um and so yeah, whenever people are kind of stressed about what they're gonna do. I go, Oh my God, don't worry. You're going to figure it out. My mom was an environmentalist for however many years, her whole life basically. And then over COVID, she did school to become a psychotherapist. And so you really Mm. never know. It's never too late unless you're like maybe 99. I don't know, but maybe even then you could, I don't know. Uh, I've never been 99, but God, if you're even semi young or middle, mid middle-aged, you can kind of do whatever the heck you want. And if Mm. you don't know what you want, try a bunch of things until you do. And some jobs are going to suck and some you'll like, and that's normal.
0: No, I think that's so important to hear and normalize because I think there's such a big thing and shame that comes up when you don't like the path that you're on and you're like, okay, I'm going to switch, but I already invested time, money, like it's university, scary. whatever. It's it is. really it's scary. scary.
1: And I get that, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have parents who are willing to support me mentally and financially to switch things. I know mm-hmm. so many people do not have that privilege. Mm -hmm. but there are ways to make things happen if that's what you truly want to do if you're doing something you hate and there's a different job that you think you would love there are ways to make it work there's a quote I love it was like every successful person has always believed in themselves you're not going to get stuff done if you don't actually believe in yourself don't doubt yourself I know that's hard we all doubt ourselves sometimes but you have to actually be your number one cheerleader
0: yeah 100% and I think like what you said about like big a big theme of this episode is kind of learning from those difficult moments, but mm-hmm. I think every single opportunity is like a way to sort of reflect and be like, okay, what stuff did I like about this? What mm-hmm. stuff did I not like? And that brings you one step closer to figuring out like exactly. the the next. Everything's
1: thing. a learning experience. Everything.
0: Yeah, I love it. Okay, well, I feel like I want to ask about this, and if you're not comfortable, we don't have to talk about it. But you mentioned your jewelry company, and I watch your YouTube. I know the story of how it happened, and I think it's such a wonderful wonderful. wonderful example of just taking a shitty experience and being Mm -hmm. so fucking brave and going forward and telling everyone to shut up and (laughs) then making something wonderful and amazing out of it so I think it's really inspirational and I would love for you to share about it
1: yeah no I'm honestly really open I used to you know it obviously when it first happened it was super super sensitive but now I really don't give a shit it was a while ago maybe four years ago Mm -hmm. I got a text saying, I have a bunch of your private photos. Send me your Instagram password. Also, I'm leaking them. And obviously, I didn't reply. And I was like, holy shit, what the hell? Then a few minutes later, I actually got a link. And it was a link to a bunch of photos. They they had hacked my Snapchat, saved a bunch of the photos. And because at first, I thought they were kidding. I was like, Mm -hmm. you don't have my private photos. How would you? They did. I saw them. So like, holy shit. I was with an ex-boyfriend at the time. We called the police. We came to the place. Oh my God. They said that since they weren't in Canada, they couldn't do anything about it because there's something about, I don't know. There's no protection for kids online. There's none. Yeah. That's why the internet is a really scary place. So I was like, oh shit. Okay. Nothing you can do. Thanks so much. Thanks for nothing. They You know, they started an online investigation, never went anywhere. Didn't hear anything really for a year. And then a year later, they go viral. They got leaked and then went, I guess the asshole who who took them just decided I'm bored. Today's the day. So I started getting a million messages from people I knew, people I didn't know. Oh, have you seen this? Have you seen this? I'm so sorry. Have you seen this? I just break down. My friend calls an Uber for me and I go to her house and just ball in her arms. And I just thought my life was over. I was so humiliated to be violated in that way it was a sex crime like I was just so but for you for me I see it as a sex crime for other people I was like oh my god are they gonna see me as a slut or a whore my parents are like oh my god it was terrible I obviously I'm very close to my parents thankfully I know that's a privilege and you know immediately told them and they were just you know devastated for me they didn't care like they're not just you know if you've never taken a picture of your boobs and sent it to at least your sister you're lying so (laughs) So sorry. I was getting pictures of my boobs <laughs> i'm like come on like whatever so it was nothing crazy but even if it was yeah i just it was really bad you know one of my friends helped me write emails to the different sites get them taken down some got taken down but it was just it was whack-a-mole they take, t- take it taken down one side and they go up a different one and then for months i'd get still messages hey girl i haven't seen you in so long but do you know i'm like yes i know my fucking tits are on the internet how do you what of course i know if you're telling me months later like go away get out of my dms yeah um <laughs> I, I know that they may, may have been coming from a place of kindness, but I was just like, I know, I, I, I don't want to hear course. anyone else tell yeah. me like, you can assume that my close friends have told me, you don't have to yeah. tell me. Okay. So yeah, for a while, I thought my life was over, but just like everything else in life, this too shall pass. Even if there's like drama, even on a smaller scale, like with, even if, even if your boobs haven't been shown to millions of people, even, you know, you have a fight with your friend, it's going to pass, it's going to blow over the new drama. There's always something new that comes up. So yeah, I, to this day, I get messages about it from like creepy men or whatever, but I'm like, you know what? They're boobs. If you haven't seen them, that's really pathetic. They're just boobs. And it's, you know, it's 2022. What's the difference between a man and a woman's, even if it was more than boobs, it's never the girl's fault. I did a lot of research and watch stories of girls who it's happened with the same thing. And I've always wanted to have a company that donated to charity. So, and I've always been super into jewelry. So long story short, I got a business partner, found a local family-run jeweler, and I wanted all my designs to be based off of like stuff that was important to me, like strength-wise, mental health-wise. But the main thing was like booby necklaces. And now to this day, I think it started like three years ago or whatever, but all my friends every single day I still wear their boob necklaces across their chest in their graduation photos for school. They have hits on their neck <laughs> and I love it because it's like, you know, free the nipple and that's showing the, their support for like, not only just my company, but you know, just what it is to be a woman and a feminism and or someone who identifies as a woman just rather than being exploited taking that power kind of back. And you know, some people, of course I got comments. Oh my God, you leaked your own nudes or you, oh my- oh, I got that so much. I was like, honestly, you guys, fine fine I wanted to ruin my own life and my own mental health for a year you're right and then you know some of it oh she's just doing this for attention to sell her designs whatever but I didn't care because it resonated with so many people more I got messages from girls similar thing had happened or there's a guy an ex-boyfriend threatening them so many things or just you know wanting to feel empowered about their boobs because we as women we get so sexualized for something that we can't control and we just have and it's part of our anatomy And even if you want to sexualize yourself, that gives no one else permission to sexualize you. So yeah, that was definitely, once again, something that I thought in the moment, how the fuck is this happening to me? Like, how is this my luck? How? Like, are you kidding me? I get something else. This is so insane. Why me? And now I'm like, I don't really care. I'm glad it happened. I learned from it. And yeah, it's now a really funny story i tell people and i always when i was coming a real estate agent i asked my therapist I was like crying to her i was like i'll never be accepted as a professional you know and she's like oh my god number one no one gives a shit two if people are looking for that that's so creepy yeah three if someone doesn't want to work with you because of something that you can't control like you don't want to work with them either so for anyone out there who's had stuff like that happen or you posted something on social media even if you did it and you regret it or posted something bad you know what we're in the generation soon. We're going to be the bosses. And we've all posted something embarrassing on social media. It's fine. Just do your best. Learn from all your mistakes from being young and stupid. If someone posted something about you, no, it's not your fault. You're never to blame. And yeah, people get over shit because people always want new drama and they're going to focus on new drama and old drama gets old.
0: Yeah. Well, I love everything that you just said. I mean, I think it is so important how you're seeing it, how you're framing it. I think it's such a good example and it's Mm -hmm. more and more relatable. I mean, I think a lot of people will relate to this and even if they can't relate to this specific thing, I think the way that you took something that was completely out of your control, that was completely not your fault and kind of flipped it. Grieved, to let yourself be upset mm. and sad and have that time but then saw it as an opportunity to kind of fight against something that's wrong in the world and yeah. to to also pursue one of your passions like I think it's a really beautiful example of, of what to do when there's a shitty thing in life
1: thanks
0: that's very sweet Okay, well, we've done quite a lot, but I have one final question that I always ask everybody. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What's something that you have in your life today that in the past you always wanted?
1: That's a great question. Ooh, I don't like I don't know if I go super deep or hmm. I okay. The first thing that popped into my head was my dogs.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I always had Pippi, who is my family dog, but I got two rescues who I feel like I really they were my my children well I got one first who was mine but then we got another um and I've always wanted to rescue so I guess that was kind of one major thing in my life that I ticked off the list but Mm. more like abstract I guess kind of um peace (laughs) like just my life is kind of peaceful right now and there's still crazy shit going on at certain times and whatever but I don't live constantly like shaking from anxiety every day, which is really nice. And I feel for people who do, but you know, I'm a living proof, you know, this too shall pass. And I I never thought I'd make it to like my 21st birthday or whatever. And I'm, I'm 24 now. So, you know, things do get better. Oh, I love that. I think that's so
0: beautiful and amazing to hear and love both those answers.
1: I feel like that's always like a classic
0: combination of like one thing that first comes to mind. That's just like a really happy <laughs> then the thing. And then the <laughs> yeah,
1: but that's yeah.
0: wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh my God. Thanks for listening to me rant for an hour.
0: No, you were amazing. <laughs> I'm sure so many people will connect to what you've said and, and well, yeah, but to
1: reach out to me just send me a DM. I'm really bad at replying sometimes, but I might get to it. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're a great listener. Aw, thanks. Bye.